You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, December 10th. And I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PVH, how's it going, my friend? Good. Good to talk with you, buddy. Good to be with you, my friend. We are also joined by South Stands contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland. CP, what's the word from the 216? All good, man. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Cleveland. 55 degrees. Ooh, 55. I, yeah, that's like tropical weather there for, for this time of year. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it has been another eventful week for Ohio State. For the first time since 1917, the game between Ohio State and Michigan will not be played. On Tuesday, Michigan was forced to cancel because of a COVID outbreak within its program. Reports out of Ann Arbor were that upwards of 40 players were out due to COVID infections, contact tracing, and other injuries. The cancellation, which was Ohio State's third of the season, left the Buckeyes one game short of the minimum required to qualify for the Big Ten title game. And for about 24 hours or so, we were all left wondering what, if anything, the conference would do to remedy the situation. Would they stick by their six-game requirement and send Indiana to Indianapolis to play Northwestern for the Big Ten title, even though Ohio State beat the Hoosiers head-to-head? Would they find another opponent for the Buckeyes this Saturday to get them to that required sixth game? Or... Would they re-examine the rule and change it, which, as we all know by now, is what actually happened? In a statement released yesterday, the Big Ten said the decision to change the rule was, quote, based on a competitive analysis which determined that Ohio State would have advanced to the Big Ten football championship game based on its undefeated record and head-to-head victory over Indiana, regardless of a win or loss against Michigan, end quote. Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic also reported that the fact that Ohio State had Two games canceled through no fault of their own, the Maryland and Michigan game, also weighed heavily in the Big Ten's decision to change the rule. By the way, Ohio State is the only program in the Big Ten to have multiple games canceled by their opponents because of COVID. Now, the decision, which was absolutely the right call, sorry, Indiana, you had your shot on the field against Ohio State to play your way to Indianapolis, and you didn't get it done. Even your own athletic director said as much sets up a December 19th clash between number four Ohio State and number 14 Northwestern in Lucas Oil Stadium for the Big Ten title. The game is scheduled for noon Eastern on Fox. We're going to have a look at that game for you guys next Thursday. I believe the early line on this one is Ohio State minus 20. Now, championship Saturdays are often anticlimactic, as we all know. But I don't think that's going to be the case on December 19th, boys. There are three very intriguing, highly impactful conference championship games happening that day that will all have a bearing on whether Ohio State ends up in the college football playoff. As we know, the ACC title game, right, is going to be between Clemson and Notre Dame. That's number three Clemson, number two Notre Dame. That's a 4 p.m. Eastern kick on ABC. That'll be followed by number one Alabama versus number six Florida in the SEC title game. That's an 8 p.m. Eastern kick on CBS. I mean, that promises to be a really, really fun day of great college football action, assuming, of course, Ohio State handles its business against Northwestern. And of course, the College Football Playoff Committee will announce its selections the following day. That's Sunday. Uh, That's usually uh, like a noon Eastern announcement on ESPN. So we'll look forward to that. All right, fellas, a lot to unpack here. I want to start with the cancellation of the Michigan game. For the first time in over 100 years, 
The Buckeyes and the Wolverines will not meet on the playing field. Paige, I want to start with you. How did you feel when you learned that the game was canceled? I was very bummed out. Um, I don't care that it was a 30 point line. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't care if, you know, it's not the rivalry that it, it used to be. It's a big freaking deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was thinking about it earlier and it, it isn't a competitive game anymore, but that's not our fault. Right. I mean, Michigan True. needs to live up to their end of the bargain and the fact that they can't do it. I don't, you know, I think, and you know, I mean, I think you had a little bit different take, right? Like, what does it matter? You know, they're going to roll this team. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's almost like playing Minnesota. I, I still, and you know, I, I still just think this game matters mm-hmm. um, regardless of, you know, wins and losses. I don't think it would have been competitive, but I, you know, I, I feel like people are discounting it because Ohio state is so dominant now. And it's just like, meh. And to me, I, I still think it has a ton of significant importance, mm-hmm. um, you know, not to mention the fact that all the drama that it created by, you know, not getting the sixth game. And I was never concerned that, you know, the Big Ten wouldn't, you know, figure out a way to manipulate the system to make sure that, you know, Ohio <laughs> State gets in the championship game. That being said, you know, it's it, it's just, you know, I was I was looking forward to Saturday and yeah, sure. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's disappointing, uh, you know, but, and then on the other hand, right. I mean, we've got to take what we can get this year right? and yeah. we've had five games. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. A lot of fans feel the way you do PBH. I know you're not alone in that take chat. What were your thoughts when you heard that the Michigan game was canceled? I'm with Paige on this. Well, first of all, you know, I mean, it ruined my entire week because, you know, Saturday in the fall and, you know, late December, early December, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, Saturdays are Ohio State football. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I view a couple other games here and there, but, you know, you take that away from me, and then you take away, yeah, probably wasn't going to be competitive this year, but you, regardless if it was or not, I love just seeing it beat the shit out of Michigan <laughs> and just looking at here. Harbaugh, with his, <laughs> yeah, with his stupid – mask covering his fucking microphone, man. I, you know, I wanted to see khakis over there just shaking his head, man. But, uh, you know, I, it is what it is. Um, you know, it's just leaves a hole in my Saturday, but, uh, guess we'll just get, get ready for uh, Northwestern and, and hopefully and see where the, uh, everything else falls down. Yeah. I, I was mostly indifferent. I, I mean, the only sense of, I guess, disappointment or concern I felt was just over the fact that Ohio State will have one less, you know, data point for its playoff resume. And you guys know I've been on record for a while now that that Michigan is is merely my view. In my view, Michigan is merely another stepping stone for the Buckeyes on their way to bigger goals. And with every year, we continue to lower the bar for Michigan PBH. I was reminded of our podcast last year after Ohio State's fifty six twenty seven win over Michigan in our in our pod to cover that that game i remember you saying that you were pretty darn impressed with the way michigan played in the first half of that game you were impressed with the fact that they were able to hang around for a couple of quarters and i thought you know just thinking back to that i mean that's where we are with this game we've really lowered the bar for michigan and if they can hang around for a quarter or or two in the game you know we you know we give them credit for that you guys know the rivalry in my view is close to dead 
in my view. Now, I'm not saying, though, that it can't be resurrected. But in order for that to happen, Michigan has to start beating Ohio State with some regularity. And the games between these two teams have to have equal stakes more often than not. It can't just be Michigan at eight and three, you know, on its way to the Citrus Bowl, trying to play spoiler to Ohio State every year. They have to show me that they can beat a good Ohio State team when there's something of real value on the line for both schools. And I need to, you know, I need to see Michigan take a spot in Indy away from Ohio State. I I need to see them take a playoff spot away from Ohio State, like Michigan State's done a couple of times to us. And, you know, I, I need to see them do it more than once, actually, before I can begin to believe that this is a rivalry again. So I know that's a recycled take. You guys have heard that from me before. So I was mostly indifferent to the cancellation. And I've, I've just also kind of become numb throughout these last three months to game postponements and cancellations. It's just kind of like, okay, what are you going to do? I mean, here we go again. I honestly think a one-year break could be beneficial for the overall health of the rival. Now, we'll see if Michigan makes good use of that time off or that time away from the game. You know, if they go out and find a different coach or they bring in, you know, assistants or make some changes. Well, I'm not optimistic about that, but I don't know. I I think a break in this rivalry is probably what it needs. I know that's not a popular take, but that's the way I feel. Uh, Yeah, that's an interesting take i hadn't thought of that you know does it does it even set this rivalry back further (laughs) if there was another 72 to you know three pasting which you know i think ryan day would have would have gleefully participated in right um oh yeah that should have happened over the summer yeah (laughs) yeah that's true Uh, what do you say i want to hang 100 on him or something yeah Yeah, but harbaugh like Day was like, you just mind your own business there, Jim. I'm going to hang a hundred on you. <laughs> mind your own business, Jim. <laughs> yeah. that, that's an interesting sort of angle I hadn't thought of. Um, I don't know what they're going to change in a year, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. what, what's, um, you know, what are they going to be able to do next year? The, the other interesting thing is I was curious to see if, if that – third string quarterback was going to actually be the quarterback, right? Because <laughs> right. there was reports that what Milton's pissed off and disgruntled because he lost a starting job and the other guy was hurt. And then they were going to play that third string guy who I think is only like a three-star player Oof. and you thrust him into that game. But like it, it, it might've been the first time in the history of college football where they instituted like a little league uh, mercy role and just <laughs> called it in the third quarter and just said, fuck it. <laughs> we, we can't watch this anymore. <laughs> There is that, and, and aside from my, you know, being selfish, um, I I wanted this game to, to force to have another, you know, full game of figuring out a defensive backfield. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. at least trying to get something, some of the kinks worked out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, you know, because we're going to play Northwestern hopefully. Yeah, and I mean, you know, after that. Aside from practice, man, you know, you're, you've got your defensive. If you do a full on, like somebody has suggested is doing a full on scrimmage this, this, um, this weekend in the shoe. I mean, yeah, no, I'm with you, Chad. I think when that was my disappointment, I think was not so much that we didn't get to play Michigan was there was a lost opportunity there for them to pick up another another opportunity to impress the playoff committee, because let's face it, the, the resume is looking pretty flimsy at this stage. And also to work out some kinks in the secondary, as you as you mentioned. Now, there were some photos from practice yesterday, and Josh Proctor is actually back 
So it would have been cool to see against Michigan what the defensive backfield would have looked like with the emergence of Ronnie Hickman last week. He becomes your bullet Sam, you know, second safety. And then the assumption is that maybe Proctor becomes the starting free safety. It would have been really fun to see what the the combination of those two back there would have looked like against Michigan. All right, boys. Well, I want to pull back the lens here for a moment, you know, just just to reflect on what we witnessed over the last four months. On August 11th, as we remember, the Big Ten canceled its season. About five weeks later, September the 16th, it announced a return to play plan. As we know, it was an eight plus one schedule, nine games in nine weeks, along with it, some very strict COVID protocols, much stricter than the other major conferences. For example, a 5% team infection rate triggering a one-week pause in team activities, 21 days for any player testing positive, 21 days out, that is, for any player testing positive. We knew when we saw that plan that it would be very tough for any team in the Big Ten to make it through unscathed. And sure enough, there have been some cancellations. The The end result for Ohio State is a five-game regular season. Now, Paige, I know you have some thoughts on how the Big Ten handled all of this. So I want to turn the floor over to you. My little Van Rant. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, hey, look, I, I don't think it's, you know, I'm with you. I don't think it's constructive to bang on the Big Ten all day long. And, you know, I, I honestly, you know, if, if, if we're being honest, you know, I, I feel like Zachy boy, you're, you're actually one of their biggest defenders. So this is on this point, <laughs> we actually disagree. Right. Um, but, you know, simply giving, you know, these 14 athletic directors and Commissioner Warren, a, you know, a, a free pass on this thing is to me, it's insane. So I, I do agree. We're in uncharted waters here. I go back and forth on this. Everybody's doing their best. But where I take exception is the fact that, you know, these aren't just like conference volunteers, right? There's some regular old people working at 7-Eleven. You know, <laughs> no offense to convenience store workers, but each one of these people is getting paid seven freaking figures, right? I mean, yeah. they're conference commissioners running departments with tens and hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. And to say that they've done a mediocre job at best and a shitty job at worst, I think is not only fair, but it's 100% accurate. So what did they do? They canceled the season prematurely. They took their sweet ass time to even get the season started up again. Then they pushed it back into what, mid-November, which was you know two to three, three, two to three weeks late when they could have started playing games, which now pushes us into this, you know, cesspool of COVID, which everybody knew would freaking happen, right? I mean, this wasn't <laughs> rocket science. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is they came up with all these stringent rules. Yeah. That to me is just, you know, it, I, I think there's some serious reflection that needs to take place with these guys. And they also need to own up to it. I mean, the, the final thing that kind of drives me crazy is they're, I mean, do we ever hear from these people? They're almost media cowards, right? I mean, they're afraid to get in front of a camera, explain their thinking and their positions. And I feel like they just need to be more transparent with what, you know, is going on behind the scenes. So you could make the argument, right, where? okay, well, they don't owe us anything, but you know, why, you know, when's the last time anybody's seen Kevin Warren? I think it's just insane. So again, yeah, where the hell is he? Does he, does he exist? Like, I mean, is he real? I mean, he, he is living under a rock. So, you know, I, again, it doesn't make any difference and, you know, it's off my chest. You know, we, we beat it to death on tax for the last three days. Um, and we can move the hell off it. And I'm not, you know, a conspiracy theorist and, you know, it has to be, you know, fire and brimstone, but I think, you know, all those points are valid. And, you know, I, if you, if you're, if you're being fair about it, the big 10 blew this compared to how all the other conferences handle it with the exception of the PAC 12. Chad, what are your thoughts? 
I'm on the same footprint as, as uh, Van Rant on this. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't understand. You know, I, I get when they started that they wanted to be out in the forefront and, you know, look like the, you know, like they, we knew what the hell we were doing, the Big Ten Conference and all this. And, it, and you know, and it, it just, I've never seen more people pissed off. Like social media is so funny, man. I like some, some of these Buckeye groups that I'm in. Like I can't even like read them anymore, but I mean, just some of the funny shit out there, like, you know, hashtag fire Kevin Warren. I, I mean, that went on and on and on and right. on for, for months, you know, and, you know, and now look where we are, mm-hmm. you know, decisions like, you know, adjustments had to be made and, and, and that's fine. And, and, adjustments have to be made in, in different scenarios all the time, but there just wasn't like the 21 day quarter, like, you know, mm-hmm. protocol. I mean, what the, you know, I mean, even when like they drop the CDC drops it from 14 to 10, you know, we're still at 21 days or whatever the hell it is. They're just, it's just the decisions making like, and I feel there's no presence of like a face of the big 10 that's out there. Like, you know, discussing this i mean i think it's just because i they would just get hazed so bad from the media that's at the the, con, the press con, presser and you know it's just a shame because it's it's you know it people are just so salty and yeah so anyways i'm not going to continue to go on but it's just I, I feel like they they've got mud on their face the big chat i understand the criticism i guess my view on it from the very beginning was that the Big Ten's return to play plan was not just about playing football games. When I saw the plan, the message that was clear to me from the plan was that, you know, they were going to attempt to play during this pandemic, but the Big Ten would be damned if Big Ten football is going to contribute to the spread of coronavirus. And I think that's why the 5% team infection rate and the 7.5% population infection rate, those thresholds were set very low because the Big Ten wanted all 14 programs to take mitigating the spread of the virus seriously. And the same with not allowing fans in Big Ten stadiums. The Big Ten was not going to sponsor super spreader events in their stadiums. And I I actually applaud them for that because I think what the SEC and the ACC are doing right now, allowing upwards of 20,000 fans in their stadiums during the height of this pandemic is unconscionable. So, you know, and I also agree with you. Yeah. And and I had no problem with the conference waiting for rapid testing. That was a big part of the delay. That's why they, they, the rapid testing wasn't available until the end of September, early October. And then they had, there had to be the ramp up, right? Where they had to be able to resume contact practices. And that's why the timeline was, you know, mid to late October. That's why they started so late. I personally, and again, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I had no problem with them taking a very cautious approach to coming back. And I know that sacrificed some games uh, in the process, right? Like some have said that, you know, it was hubris for the Big Ten to think it could play nine games in nine weeks. And I, don't, I actually don't think the Big Ten ever believed that. I think the presidents and chancellors knew there would be cancellations. And I think they were just willing to live with that. But you know what I think hubris looks like actually is 20,000 fans in your stadium for a college football game during the height of a global pandemic. So I think placing a high priority on not allowing an amateur game played by unpaid athletes to contribute to the spread of the coronavirus is I, I, I got no problem with that. And from a competition standpoint, the plan wasn't perfect, obviously, because playing football games was not the only priority in the plan. But in my view, it was good enough. And you know, if I would have told you guys on August 11th, the day the Big Ten announced that it was postponing fall sports, that today... Ohio State would be undefeated, ranked in the top four, playing in the Big Ten title game with what? Like a, a, the playoff predictor, according to ESPN, has Ohio State like an 85% chance to make the playoff. But I told you guys that 
on August 11th. I mean, we would all be thrilled. I mean, even in a normal year, those are circumstances. Those are the best you could hope for as an Ohio State fan, even in a normal year. So we made it. It wasn't pretty. And I guess what I'm just grown tired of, and not so much from UPVH, but the just what I see on Twitter and a lot of the guys <laughs> who run fan sites and radio personalities and stuff are still looking backward and banging on the Big Ten and they're still pissed and, well, this would if this and this. I'm like, look, what's the problem, Buckeye fans? You're exactly where you want to be right now. You got a great chance to make the playoffs. You're in the Big Ten title game. You've got a shot at a fourth consecutive Big Ten title. So what's the point of continuing to look backward and staying pissed off that the Illinois game was canceled? Or that the Maryland game was. Canceled. I agree with you. So I, I agree with you. I, that, that's where I'm why coming from. Why does it take from. so long for him? Right. Why does it take so long for him to make a fucking decision though? Like, like perfect example, like this week about the like cutting the six games. Why is it like we're just well, waiting on pins and needles? Like what? I, I mean, I, know, I just don't get it. I, just, I, I didn't have a problem with the way they handled that. And if you look at all the criticism they got for was there a vote to cancel or wasn't there a vote and all that stuff. I mean, they waited until they could all assemble and have a formal vote on it. And it was just meant to be a, uh, you know, a formality. I think it was already decided, but I think they learned from the lessons uh, earlier this summer when they decided to cancel and nobody could say whether there was a vote or not. So look, they did the right thing. They ultimately arrived at the right decision to put Ohio State in. I mean, when, the next time there's a pandemic, I think the Big Ten will do this better, but and in normal circumstances, I think the Big Ten actually does a pretty good job of putting on a football season. So I, I don't mean to sound like a Big Ten defender. I guess I just don't see – I've never understood why people are so pissed off about it because I actually place a pretty high priority on mitigating the spread of this virus. And the Big Ten's plan for that, quite frankly, way better than the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12. Now, if you're judging the plan solely on you know, getting as many football games played as possible, well – Right. The SEC, ACC, and Big 12, they had better plans for that. I, I will tell you, Z, after having this conversation on our pod right now and having you, like, instead of over our text thread and whatnot, I actually feel a little bit better. I will say that. So you, you, you've done that for me, Z. Yeah, no, I, you're absolutely right, and you make good points, and they did pull it off. Now, I would also throw it. I wouldn't be so sure they pulled it off yet, though, right? I mean, right. all it all it takes That's is an true. outbreak at Northwestern. Then what the hell do you do, yeah. right? That's and true. I'm not so sure that you know a, a playoff can happen. Um, I mean, this thing is exploding, you know, right before yeah. our eyes. So let's yeah. uh, let's not start uh, uh, yes. in the immortal words of the wolf. Of from, the wolf, of the wolf of from Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. I think everybody knows where I would normally go with this, but um, let's not start <laughs> sucking each other's blank just yet. Yeah. Okay, all let's right. just knock on some wood. Knock on know, some wood. And, all right, and hope it happens. Yeah, it's a good point. You're right. We're right. we're we're in the red zone as far as having pulled this off. We're not quite there yet. That's a good point. Before we end things here today, I just wanted to turn our focus back to Ohio State's playoff hopes. Now, we know that Ohio State held at number four in this week's playoff rankings. The committee seemed very impressed with how Ohio State performed against Michigan State. We all were very impressed. By the way, guys, I never really did get your your impressions of what happened in East Lansing against Michigan State. Paige, do you want to spend a couple of minutes talking about your how that uh, game landed with you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, I didn't think it would be close. Uh, it played out right. kind of as how I thought it would. I just, 
after watching uh, Michigan play Northwest or Michigan State playing North Northwestern, I was just like, how are they going to be able to score against Ohio State? <laughs> um, and it kind of turned out that way. And right. should be told when it was twenty eight nothing, I was, I pretty much uh, turned my attention elsewhere. So, um, <laughs> but you know, obviously they're they're working on some stuff. Some some guys, you know, got PT, which I think is a, a great point. Uh, you guys both made about. Hey, that's, you know, it would be great to have one more game, regardless of who, who it might be, right. um, for them to, to work out some more kinks specifically in the secondary, mm-hmm. but they did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Justin field or fields was a beast in that game. He was, um, boy. you Oof. know, it's man, if that guy's on, on the field, we have a chance against anybody and, uh, it's, it's pretty scary to watch. So How about that. How about that running down the field and making that block? Dude? Yeah. That was just on the Trey Sermon yeah, run. That was I was like, just, yeah, that was pretty. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. I got up, I got up off the couch and I was actually kind of running down the, like the, the living room, like with Justin, like this is, this is complete. <laughs> Chad, Did you pull a hammy, dude? <laughs> <laughs> little twins, little, little twins, bro. <laughs> Chad, what were your impressions of, of uh, Ohio State's performance last week in East Lansing against Michigan State? I was very happy, um, especially with CN. You know, I mean, believe it or not, you know, guys on this podcast. I mean, how many times have we bashed Marcus Hooker? He actually had a couple of great he was plays. Good. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, he was. He was good, and I, it was good to see Trey Sermon um, mm. have a good game. You know, and like Ronnie Hickman, like you had mentioned earlier, Zach. I think that kid's going to be a stud. You know, I think I, Paige and I were pretty close in our predictions. Yeah. Um, I think I said 59 to 13, and Paige said 49 to something. Yeah. Uh, but we were both close there. But yeah, I, I was impressed. And, you know, even, I mean, you got to be impressed with the, the, I mean, yeah, Miller at the start. And of course, that's going to happen. The kid's amped up, dude. You know, he's not, you know, he was just thrown into that. And, Hadn't been practicing that all week. So, of course, there was going to be some hiccups. Fields really saved his ass more than more than a handful of times by, you know, saving the ball from being a yeah. fumble yeah. and whatnot. But, you know, I mean, like, you look at some of those younger guys on the O-line, man. I, you know, it's it, it was very comforting. Yeah. My big takeaway, and I mentioned this on the pod on Sunday, was – just how scary the Ohio State offense is when Justin Fields is a runner. And and we've been talking all year long, guys, and we, we've talked about it in the preseason. Like, you got to keep bubble wrap on that guy, right? Only use him as a runner when you absolutely have to have it. Well, you know, now every game's an elimination game, right? And he has been devastating as a runner in Ohio State's last two games. The bubble wrap is off. And yeah, you know, I, I think back to the Fiesta Bowl last year when he had that big brace on his knee and wasn't able to do the things he can normally do as a runner. Imagine what a different outcome that would have been if we had this version of Justin Fields. So that's a scary dimension that we're now seeing just really kind of for the first time he's unleashed as a runner now. And that was my big takeaway, probably my one big takeaway outside of the fact that Ohio State was shorthanded and played so well in spite of that and played their best game of the year. I don't know about you guys, but I uh, I had to jump up for the uh, head to the medicine cabinet, um, pop another anxiety uh, 
pill when he went down though. <laughs> I mean, right. he got ended hit up pretty hard. Being, he had a wind knocked out, but, but I was a little nerved up. I'm like, oh no, Lord, yeah. please don't let this be. He turned out, he, tur- he turned out to be all right. You know who also went down in that game was Wyatt Davis in the second half. And he was interviewed yeah. earlier this week and he said, don't worry about me. I'll be ready. And this is before the Michigan game was canceled, but he said that he was going to be ready to play in Michigan against Michigan. So uh, he'll most certainly be be available for the Big Ten title game. And boy, I really hope we get you know our big studs out out at the tackle spots. NPF and uh, our left yep. tackle. Sorry, his name is. And you know who, get those who's guys looking back. a hell of a lot more comfortable now too is number twenty four back there. Oh, oh Sean Wade. Wade. Sean Wade. He had a gorgeous interception yeah. in the second half, didn't he? Where he went up. Yeah. Yes, he did. He was good. It, it in the third quarter there was a moment there where it looked like we might see a little bit of a clown show. Ohio State led Michigan State. They gave up a big pass, but it was it was Marcus Williamson again. He gave up another long pass play, about fifty five yards. That set up Michigan State's only score. Michigan State gets the ball back, and uh, they're moving a little bit. And then Wade comes up with the big interception, and I think that was all she wrote after that point. So that that was a really big moment there because I thought otherwise it seemed like they were teetering a little bit on Michigan State maybe making things a little bit interesting, you know, as we've seen in Ohio State's previous three games, right, where they let an inferior opponent off the mat and kind of play with them a little bit. So I was happy to see Wade shut that down. I would have liked to see a couple of the other younger defensive backs in there as opposed to Williamson, but uh... – I, I wonder what the solution is there because they don't seem to trust anybody else. I think, Chad, the, the, the only alternative there is a true freshman with little right. or no playing time. And so in the eyes of the coaches, maybe that's an even bigger gamble. I'm hoping what happens now that Josh Proctor is back, we see him as the starter at free safety. Ronnie Hickman as the starter, as that second, well, not the starter, but he comes in as the second safety in the bullet, Sam, in other words, filling the role that Proctor has. And maybe that helps things on the back end. I worry we might just be stuck with Williamson at slot corner. All right. So uh, Ohio State holds at number four in this week's rankings, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson at one, two, and three. They stay right where they were. Texas A&M is at five right behind Ohio State. Now, Texas A&M's game this week against Ole Miss was also canceled. So Texas A&M is not going to have an opportunity to make up any ground on Ohio State who's not playing. So that's good news for Ohio State. Guys, I think looking at this, short of Ohio State losing to Northwestern in the Big Ten title game, of course, really that one doomsday scenario that we talked about a couple weeks ago, that's the only thing that seems to be the one scenario that can keep Ohio State at the playoffs, I think, which is Florida beating Bama in a close game and Clemson beating Notre Dame in a close game, the the committee being very impressed with all four of those teams as one-loss teams. Do we still feel that that is the doomsday scenario for Ohio State, Paige? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, And let's not forget, I mean, we probably want to talk about this on next Thursday when we look at these games, but, you know, Bama had some some rough – defensive outings uh earlier in the season yeah they did so i i don't think this is you know by any means you know a slam dunk for alabama to win that game i mean yeah they'll, they'll be favored and um you know it might be around i would say around 10 or something like that but uh it's not out of the realm of possibility to florida to win that game mm-hmm. so um and, and and this is the other thing Are, what time is the kick for us next week we've got an uh we've got a noon eastern kick so unlike 
Uh, previous Big Ten uh, title games that are played in primetime. This one's going to be played. Well, it'll be 9 a.m. my time here on the West Coast. I think 10 a.m. for you, PBH. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't yeah. hate. I, I don't hate. I kind of like not having to wait around all day long for Ohio State to play. You know, it, I, it's a welcome change for me. I don't know. You prefer the night games, I assume. Um, I do. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, that, that there, there might be some advantages in that game. We're, we're definitely going to need the the Cardell uh wisconsin version versus the jt northwestern version <laughs> of the championship game they need to make an impression in this game yeah they do they um, do. yeah yeah and so especially if there's a doomsday scenario later on that evening because i you know I, you know i wouldn't just say it's a foregone conclusion that the bama rolls florida their their defense has looked suspect at times and florida's a good team yeah chad what do you think yeah, I'm with Paige. I, I, I'm super stoked for that uh, Clemson Notre Dame game, though. That's going to be a fun. I'm game. anxious to see. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I'm usually a a big like. Uh, I'm not a fan of Notre Dame whatsoever. I mean, literally. I mean, I can't stand Notre Dame. Right. They yeah. haven't been relevant since the night, but I think this team is probably the best team they've had probably since the '90s. Yeah. Um, so, because that, that that book kid, he he's 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 smart. He's a gamer. He doesn't make mistakes. Their defense is solid. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what Clemson's all about with yeah. Lawrence. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. that was the one. I mean, that was a factor in that game. But we'll see. I mean, you know, the, the Notre Dame is an elite and an actual contender for the national championship. So there's another scenario I'm thinking about. What if Clemson blows the doors off Notre Dame? What if, you know, at full strength, now remember, it wasn't just Trevor Lawrence they were missing for that game in South Bend. They were missing three key defensive starters, including Skulski, their starting middle linebacker, I think is probably their best player. And then they also had another starting defensive end who had to sit out the entire first half because of a targeting penalty from the week before. So what if Clemson at full strength on a neutral field runs Notre Dame off the field? And you well, got Notre Dame sitting there at one loss. I think that makes it a difficult, a more difficult conversation for the committee because then you could you, now you're looking at that win over Clemson through a different light, through a different prism, right? Like, hey, maybe they got that win because Clemson was shorthanded, and now you know they get run off the field and on a neutral field. Maybe Ohio State still gets in in that scenario. Paige, what do you think? Yeah, I actually have a thought on that, but I'm going to save it for uh, the prediction pod because I actually thought of that that same scenario. <laughs> okay. All um, right. So. All right. Yeah. Let's. Uh, that's a nice teaser. I like but, it. <laughs> yeah, but I. I. Yeah. That's some. Um, it, 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 it could definitely happen. I don't think so, but it could definitely happen. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think I agree that that is still a doomsday scenario. Two very close, fun uh, games in the SEC and ACC title games were both teams in each game look very impressive. Good quarterback play, good defense, big time playmaking. Both those teams come out. You got four one-loss teams sitting there ahead of Ohio State, all having played, you know, nine or 10 games. So significantly more games than Ohio State. That's a scenario I don't think Buckeye fans want to see. We can explore that a little bit more when we have a look at Northwestern and the Big Ten title game next week. Guys, we'll shoot for Thursday, I think, if that works for you. And uh, unless you guys have anything else to say, I thought we could wrap it up here and we'll reconvene on Thursday of next week. You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook 
and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.